Diablo season from the Real Nation Real Nation podcast. Uh, we collabing with some Ravens fans today. See how this goes. They seem like pretty good people, unlike the Browns fans that we talked to last year. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Matt Trigger. I'm the host of Bearded Wholesome and All Things Baltimore podcast, and my co-host today is my brother Drew. So uh, we're here to preview the Monday Night Football season opener between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, we're going to, you know, just to kind of give a quick rundown, we're going to give a little bit of a, a, a overall matchup preview, uh, you know, break down some positions for the direct versus matchups. And then we're going to kind of do a overall season prediction for the Raiders and the AFC West and the outlook for the Ravens and the AFC North. So what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? We're good. Good Good morning. On my side, of course, we've been on the West Coast. Um, but thank you for having us on, man. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys for making an appearance, man. It's cool that we get to do a little bit of a joint work here. This is my first time doing this. Oh, really? Yes, sir. This is my first time doing a joint podcast with somebody else. Well, it's fitting doing it with Raider fans. <laughs> yeah, I did it with Bill fans last year. I did it with and some Brown fans last year also. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit uh it's been a little bit difficult dealing with Bills fans ever since they, you know, beat us last year in the in the playoffs, they all of a sudden got a big head. Yeah. So so they're quickly becoming intolerable. Oh yeah. I had a good three days out there helping Lamar's charity. So what do you guys what is your guys' uh, outlook on the season? I know that you guys have been dealing with a little bit bit of injuries at some key positions and I know that you uh are getting ready to open the stadium for the first time with some fans this year. I know last year you guys opened uh, the new stadium, but the governor did not let anybody in. So what do you think the outlook is so far with the Raiders this year based off of the preseason that you guys got to see? Before you get started, correction. The Raiders were allowed to have fans in the stadium last year, just not to full capacity. Okay, my my apologies. So Mark Davis said, though, if he can't have full capacity – he doesn't want anybody there at all. So the Raiders were allowed to have fans, just not full capacity. Except Mark Davis just didn't want it to happen. He didn't even go to any of the home games. Yeah, he didn't go to the games himself. He said if the fans can't be there, he wasn't going to be there. Yeah, it definitely put a damper on things last year, seeing NFL games for the first time with nobody in the stands. And it just really felt kind of Pop Warner-ish that uh, they, they couldn't get it under this whole pandemic under control to let people in. I understand yeah. the safety and the health aspect, but it just really didn't. The 2020 season had a really crazy feel to it, not just in the NFL, but just in sports, period. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, but you were saying what the outlook of our season is, man. I'm, I'm super optimistic, man, uh, for the first time that I can remember. And I'm a, I'm a new generation Raider fan. You know, I'm only 20. So I don't, I've only seen the Raiders make the playoffs one time in my life. And Derek Carr broke his leg before that happened. So, this year, is, it just seems different, man. We got a new defensive coordinator and Gus Bradley. Uh, our, I don't know. We just worked on our defense this year. We haven't done that in years past. You know, uh, with the addition of Unique, uh, I think he's going to bolster that defensive line a little bit. And it's revenge season week one against his former team. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't know, man. Our rookies, this rookie class – I, I love them. I think they're, they're going to be great. 
I give the rookie class from last year a little mulligan because COVID, man, there was no – everything was all messed up. So, in our offense, we got rid of a few key pieces on our line, Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. Trip Brown, he didn't play, so I ain't too worried about him. But Raider Nation always wants to say – Oh, we need Trent Brown this, that, and the third. No, he didn't want to be a Raider the whole time. So, I think that we're going to win the 11 or 12 games this year and make the playoffs. That's just me, though. One of the biggest moves I saw that you guys made that really kind of baffled me was letting Rodney Hudson go. Uh, He's been like the anchor of the Raiders' offensive line for as long as I can remember now, and it just seemed crazy that you wouldn't want to transition such a young team with a veteran center as the anchor. Yeah, well, we had one of the highest paid offensive lines, and we honestly weren't that great. So yeah. we have some talent. Uh, we have a 23-year-old center in Andre James. He seems pretty promising. Uh, we'll see where that goes. And then Gabe Jackson, he was pretty re- replaceable. We got this man named Denzel Good. He gets the job done. So, And we drafted our first-round pick. His name's Alex Leatherwood, right tackle. So, you know, he seems like he's a pretty good, you know, piece there. But I am fully confident in Tom Cable and what he can do to our guys on that line. And, you know, Josh Jacobs ran behind Alex Leatherwood in college. So it's just interesting to keep an eye on. We had the 27th ranked offensive line. And and you can't have the highest paid offensive line and be ranked bottom in the league. That can't happen. I mean, I understand people are upset that we got rid of Rodney Hudson. But and no, I would when it happened, I was shocked. I'm like, John, what are you doing? What's going on here? But at the same time, you know, doing my own personal research and looking back at it, I understand the moves that was made. The people who are the the offensive line that we had, they've been on this team already. They like we only person I think that's new is the guy. I think his name is Nick. He's a center who came from the Texans, and he's pretty good at Yeah, I think he has like hundred snaps, and he's given up about three or four sacks and maybe like seven or eight pressures. So. We have a, a veteran a veteran center in him, along with technically a, a quote-unquote veteran center in, in Andre who played behind Rodney Hudson, who Rodney Hudson has praised on numerous occasions and said when his number's called, he's going to be ready. So, like Adam said, um, I'm putting my faith in Tom Cable as you know this offensive line coach to get the job done. Some guys who's going to be our starting offensive line for this season – or our backups for last season, and they did pretty good. The Denzel Goods, who, you know, the, the, we have Brandon Parker there still. We have uh, Richie Incognito is back. You know, the, the, we, everybody knows who he is. So I think our offensive line is going to be good. How do you how do you guys feel confidence-wise with Colton Miller being the blindside protector for Derek Carr for another year? Oh, I love it. Colton Miller's great. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be Pro Bowl this year. Yeah. He's, he's, he has to be you know, a, a top 10 tackle this year. I mean, people say, oh, that's a reach when the Raiders drafted Cole Miller, but look at his numbers from 2018. He's improved every single year. He's gotten better. Yeah, he's he's really, he's really slow. I really think he's one of the most underrated tackles in the NFL, for real. Well, I know a lot of, a lot of people gave... Credit. I know a lot of people uh, gave John Gruden and Mike Mayock a little bit of grief when they took Colton Miller in the top 15 of the draft, and they were... They thought that some better offensive linemen were left on the board, but he seems like he's panned out for the most part. You don't really hear his name a whole lot mentioned amongst bad tackles, so I guess that's, you know, you don't hear his name a whole lot called during the during the game. You know, I I do have a chance to watch 
NFL Red Zone and see you guys on TV on a semi-regular basis at least. See, this is this is my problem. Like, uh, I'm all over Twitter all the time, trying to grow my account a little bit. And so I try to interact with multiple fan bases and see what everyone's doing and whatnot. And everyone, it seems like most of the fan bases I talk to sleep on the Raiders so much. Listen, we were eight and eight last year, right? We had a top seven offense. I think we were seventh to be exact. Uh, I just, our defense was trash, like literally garbage. We allowed 31 points per game. Historically bad, okay? No quarterback is going to win every game in a shootout, okay? Derek Paul is good. His numbers have improved since Gruden's been in here. I think if our offensive line can hold up and our defense is significantly different, like we just signed KJ Wright yesterday. Like, I, I just added, think you guys have Gerald McCoy now, too. Yeah, yep. And yeah. we've got uh, trade for Denzel Perryman from, uh, Carolina. So I just think that good things are about to happen finally for the Raider Nation. So I mean, we can we can honestly sit here and say on on paper, you know, this defense looked like it could be pretty good. And we can say even on paper, looking at the film, that the, the Las Vegas Raiders, the, their linebacking core is looking pretty good. You know, with KJ Wright, you know, you people know who he is when you say his name. Corey Littleton. You know, people know who he is coming from coming from St. Louis. And and Nicholas Morrow, he had himself a year last year. Unfortunately, he got injured this year. But so I think the Raiders linebacker court coming together, even with us getting Denzel Perryman. We know Gus Bradley got, got the guys that he wanted, got the guys that experienced the chemistry who already knows this defense. So it's not going to take a lot to, quote, unquote, teach them because they already know. Yep. And don't sleep on a rookie. Divine Diablo, that's my boy. <laughs> Shout out, Divine. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the addition of Yannick and Gawkway? I love it. Love oh, it. You know what? Before we answer that question, you guys been Ravens fans. You, you guys seen him firsthand. What are we getting? Uh, Drew, do you want to take that? What's what's that? I said, uh-huh. with you guys being Ravens fans, and you guys having and Gawkway play for you guys last year. What are the what is the Raiders defensive line getting with a guy like him? You're getting a guy that just plays for himself. He won't when when the ball don't go his way, he just stands there. He won't he's not a sideline to sideline guy. Um he's just there to pad his numbers. And and, and I'm gonna kinda build off of that, uh, Berserko, just to kinda I, my brother's not a very big Yannick and Gakwe fan, and and it's crazy because Yannick is a local guy. He went to Maryland. And he played high school ball here in Bowie in the southern part of our state. And uh, okay. Yannick has been a 4-3 defensive end his entire career from high school all the way to the pros. Maryland, Maryland ran a 4-3. Jacksonville ran a 4-3. Minnesota ran a 4-3. You guys run a 4-3. We traded for Yannick in the middle of the season last year and tried to fit a square peg into a round hole. He is not a stand-up three, four outside linebacker. He's used to putting his hand in the dirt and rushing the passer. Yeah. So so when it came to him covering people out of the backfield, a fullback or a, a you know, a running back on the in the flat, he, he had to learn our defense in two weeks. He got traded during the bye week. So he had literally two weeks to learn our defense and they didn't really cater to his skill set in terms of being a pure pass rusher. He needs volume. He needs to be in there 
35, 40, 45 snaps a game so he can get his motor going. We had a rotation where we had six outside linebackers last year between Jalen Ferguson and Pernell McPhee and Yannick Ngakwe. We had Matt Judon. Um, We had a lot of these guys that were transitioning in and out of the game so frequently to keep fresh legs that Yannick never really got a chance to get going. And he only had, I think, two sacks as a Raven last year. I think he had seven total. He had five in Minnesota before he got traded. And he got, uh, yeah, he ended up another starting lineman to help him get sack numbers. Like in Jacksonville, he had Clias Pam. Yeah. Emily, Emily Jackson. Emily he's, Jackson. He's, 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 he's been productive when he has other elite defensive linemen with him that he isn't the main focal point to where he's going to get doubled every single play. So it's a well, little I bit. Happen. Uh, see why I'm optimistic about it. It's not even just about him. It's we got this guy named Max Crosby who last year hell of a play he was our rusher and he got doubled almost every time and he was a little banged up last year. So I'm I'm hoping that with the addition of Unique, I think that that'll open up you know Max Crosby's game a little bit. I think it'll open up our interior interior line a little bit, especially with the addition of Gerald McCoy. Like. I don't know. He's a vet, but he's a savvy vet. <laughs> I mean, ages. It, but the biggest question is, though, is what Gerald McCoy are you getting? Are you getting the Gerald McCoy from 2017, or are you getting a Gerald McCoy who hasn't been able to stay healthy on the field for the last two years? Yeah, and that's the big question that we're talking about. I think, you know, with him having a year off the, during his injury, his injury was a takes four months to recover from. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much a, a season he'll just be out. But he said he's good to go. He's healthy. He's ready to play. Just like you said, which Jeremy McCoy is going to come ready to play on Monday night? Uh, can we switch gears here a little bit? Uh, what I want to talk about is just because he's a former Raven, uh, is Darren Waller. Darren Waller is so special. And I, I swear, y'all in uh, Baltimore and Maryland everywhere and Ravens flock everywhere, I think that y'all miss Darren Waller and probably wish he was on your team. But you got Mark Andrews. He's pretty good. But Waller's elite. I mean – Nobody knew that 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 was going to happen, though. Well, here's the thing. He he also had a serious opioid addiction while he was here. Yes. And he ended up, you know, coming forth about that. And nobody knew that he was going to turn into this type of tight end. The thing is, we tried to get him to transition to tight end while he was here, and he flat out told John Harbaugh no. He thought he was a wide receiver. So yeah. that was a little bit of a, a a touchy situation. Nobody knew that Darren Waller was going to get his life together the way he did and become the type of player yeah. that he is. And I tell Ravens fans a lot on Twitter and just you know when I'm having conversations, if Darren Waller turns into that type of tight end in Baltimore, we don't have Mark Andrews. Because yep. that, because that tight end position is not a, a, a positive need. And the thing is, we weren't even anticipating Andrews being our number one tight end. We drafted him in the third round. We we drafted Hayden Hurst, expecting him to come in and be tight end one his rookie year. Yeah. So we ended up trading him to the Atlanta Falcons, which turned into J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. How do you guys feel about that? Are you... Well, my question is, are you guys okay with with starters playing during the preseason, or are you of the mindset of, you know, the starters know the playbook, they got the chemistry with the previous players, 
let the starters rest the preseason and be ready for week one? Or are you guys okay with starters actually you know, getting a few reps in during preseason? I, I, Me, I, I don't like it at all. I don't want – if you're a starter or, quote, unquote, the franchise guy, you're not stepping the foot on the field during preseason. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Yeah, because one injury can change your whole season. And, and that has for us. Uh, me, personally, I think that they should get more reps in the joint practices as opposed to the games because yeah. the, the joint practices are more controlled. It's a controlled environment for the most yeah. part. I know fights happen and things break out, but I believe that there's more of a controlled environment to where you can limit the number of reps that you're getting at practice against people that aren't your own teammates trying to hit you. Um, JK got hurt on a fluke tackle. It was a it was a typical tackle that you see in the league 50 times a game. It just yeah. so happens that the helmet hit his knee and his knee bent backwards. Now, was I pissed off J.K. Dobbins was in there with the, with our second string offensive line? Absolutely. I was pissed <laughs> that Lamar Jackson was in there with our offensive line. But the thing is, our offensive line is so banged up right now. Ronnie Stanley broke his leg last year. We have a we okay. have a neck. He he just came back to practice last week. Wow. So, okay. I, I don't know, but I wasn't sure if he's going to be back or if he's going to be ready for week one or what his status was. He, uh, he, according to according to the, the 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 team, he's going to be ready week one. But the thing okay. is, the thing is, when we play you guys on Monday Night Football, that's going to be the first time that our entire starting offensive line is going to be in the same game at the same time. This entire preseason, we're going to have Villanueva starting at right tackle. We're going to have Zeitler finally healthy starting at right guard. Bozeman just transitioned to center for the first time as a pro. He played center at Alabama for Nick Saban. And then when we drafted him, we moved him to left guard or right guard, depending on what we needed him as. And then left guard has been an open battle all camp between our third round pick, Ben Cleveland, who got relegated to the third team last week. And we've had Ben Powers from Oklahoma. So um, Ben Powers looks to be our starting left guard. So it's going to be interesting to see a revamped Oakland or excuse me, a revamped Las Vegas defensive line against the offensive line that hasn't played together a single snap of football between practice and the preseason. I'm sorry, you were breaking up. I said your guys' uh, wide receiver core is a little banged up, too. I don't think it's a little. You guys have a few injuries on your wide receiver cores, right? Uh, Hollywood is, Hollywood's kind of recovering from a strained hamstring. Uh, Rashad Bateman won't be back until about mid-October at the earliest. He had uh, core muscle surgery, which is pretty much codenamed for they're not going to tell us what they he had surgery on. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, – <laughs> Sammy Watkins has been getting a lot of rest because he's a veteran. But uh, right now, our healthy receivers for Monday night are Watkins, Hollywood, Devin Duvernay, and James Prochet. So that's what it's looking like to be right now. We we do have some injuries uh, at the position, but you know, one tight end. We we have one healthy tight end. Mark Andrews hasn't played since the Carolina fiasco where he Wait, was taken he- off of their. He's not healthy. That a couple weeks ago, he was at a joint practice when we when we were down in Carolina, and he got ambled off the field for having cramps and complications with his type one diabetes. Oh, oh wow! So he's been in Cali, and I don't. 
I don't get these reports on Ravens. So I only go off what I see on Twitter. So I didn't even see anything about Mark. I thought he was ready. Going to be ready for Week One. Uh, oh, he's yeah. going to be ready, but he hasn't had any practice time oh, or pra- play time. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying when you say that. Okay, and then, and then Nick Boyle just got put on short short term IR, so he's oh. not going to be ready for you for the game against that's, the Raiders. Right there, yeah. And then we have Josh Oliver, who we traded for from the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. He's been getting the reps at, at, at tight end, it seems like, all preseason long. So I'm assuming going into week one is going to be, uh, what's his name, Gus Edwards as RB1. Gus right. Edwards is looking like RB1 right now, and then we have two running backs. Uh, uh, Justice Hill looks to be RB2. He hasn't really played this preseason. And then uh, – Tyson Williams, who has been tearing up the preseason for us, he made the team as a third, a third down or a third string back. I so think he's our number two. He should be our number two. Um, kind of transitioning to your the offensive side of the ball for the Las Vegas Raiders. You guys added one of our uh, wide receivers that we had here for a while, Willie Sneed. How's he been looking for you guys? He's been looking. Well, he, he beat out John Brown, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't you got John Brown as well? Yeah, we had John Brown. But that was that was the, the the Joe Flacco era. Yeah, I mean he he beat up. I mean, Willie has always been a good player, long as he has mm-hmm. the quarterback to throw him the ball. Because he was good with New Orleans also. He had Drew Brees, and you know the Raiders aren't a good team, but they have to me they have a good quarterback who who can get the ball where it needs to be. So I think us having Willie Snead, he's been good from the videos I've been seeing and everything I've been hearing about him. Though technically the Raiders still have that quote unquote veteran presence in the wide receiver room, which is needed with the young guys that we have with the Henry Ruggs and the Brian Edwards coming off his foot injury. You know, the Hunter Renfro, the, you know, we have Zay Jones. Hopefully he gets more playing time. Cause we hear every single year that, you know, they're so high. They're so in love with Zay Jones, but he's never on the field. What about the dude that we just signed from Seattle yesterday? We put him on practice squad. Um, uh, David Moore. David Moore, yeah, I think he, that dude's a stud, man. I don't know if y'all know too much about him, but jeez, always. I think he he's. I think he he plays and he can, he can play inside and out. He just always looked better inside on the slot to me. But I I really like Willie Sneed, man. I think his he got excellent hands. Uh, what my what I compare him to, and I don't know how much Ravens fans really know, uh, but. Seth Roberts, Zerka. I think Sneed could be like a Seth Roberts, like above oh, better. Seth Seth Roberts played here with Willie Sneed. Yeah. 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 Seth Seth provided a, a pretty solid transition with the with the wide receiver group. He was more so of a veteran leader in the locker room, and uh, he made a couple of big catches for us. But you know, we ended up going a much younger direction. You know, between the draft last year and the draft this year, we drafted five new wide receivers to play on the team between uh, Hollywood, Bateman, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, and James Prochet. It's just been a complete overhaul, and our wide receivers are all under the age of 25. Yeah, I've always liked Hollywood. His Oklahoma days, I was, I was a huge fan of him coming out of college. Huge fan of him coming out of college. See, our wide receiver corpse, though, uh, Ruggs coming back for his second year. We got Edwards coming back for his second year, but Edwards was banged up most of last year. Uh, Renfro right now is like, and I'm saying it because the other guys got to prove it. Right now, our best wide receiver is Hunter Renfro. 
And I, I genuinely believe Ruggs can really make a step and be elite like Tyreek Hill. Uh, but we'll see, man. Uh, I think he needs to work on his route tree a little bit. But he's put in some work this offseason. I'm excited to our leap from our wide receivers this year. I I I I can kind of see where you're going with that. Ruggs has the same type of build as Tyreek and he's got the same kind of speed. I think Tyreek might be a little bit faster. But uh yeah. that that's going to be a that's going to be a matchup to watch though is is the the Raiders wide receiver core going against arguably the best secondary in football uh between Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith and a healthy Tavon Young in the slot. And then we've and then we found a diamond in the rough. We have a six foot four, two hundred pound cornerback named Chris Westry who made the team as an undrafted free agent. And uh, so, yeah, I sorry to cut. I heard about him. So is he? Did he make the fifty three, or is he on you guys' practice squad? Go ahead, Drew. He's on the fifty three. We have like nine, nine defensive backs total, maybe ten. Okay, because I heard of him. Yes, he's a big dude. I'm, I didn't know if he made you guys a fifty three or if he was on the PS. He he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna make it to our PS if we would have let him go hit waivers. Um, <laughs> uh, now we we have we I think we kept another undrafted free agent this year from Alabama, Ardarius Stewart, who is uh, who's slated to you know provide some some serious snaps. Our, our secondary was probably the most intense and toughest battle all preseason because we cut Anthony Levine and. Um, He's on our practice squad now. He's he's on our practice squad, but Anthony Levine's been here since the Super Bowl in 2012. So and he's been a leader of our defense. He was one of our first team captains that John Harbaugh picked, and it was just crazy to see that he Anthony Levine got beat out by two guys that have a grand total of zero regular season snaps combined. Our series, uh, I think they're going to have a decent year, man. Uh, we're young. We're really young back there, man. We drafted Trayvon. I don't even know how to say his last name, man. Morg. Trevor Morg. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And Aikman's coming back, but he's not going to be playing free safety like he was last year under uh, Paulie Gunther. Uh, so he's going to be playing that box safety role, which honestly, I think Aikman's right there. Man. <clears throat> That's where he should have been all along. If it wasn't for Jonathan Abram, we would have swept the Kansas City Chiefs last year. As I'm just putting that out there, uh, we we signed Casey Hayward. He knows Gus Bradley's system, so he's a vet. I like that move. I'm expecting bigger things from Trayvon Mullen this year. He had a little rough year, but everyone on our defense had a rough year last year under Paulie Gunther. Uh, and we also drafted this young stud named Nate Hobbs. So he had a great preseason. This dude is going to be a stud. He's going to play the nickel. Day one. Starter, I, I love it. Uh, we also got Damon Arnett. I'm not sure what's going to happen with this man. I will say, I'm not too confident on Buckeye corners. I've never been. <laughs> well, we traded a Buckeye corner earlier in the preseason. We traded Sean Wade after he had a two interception performance. We flipped him for a a fourth round draft pick from the the New England Patriots, which is crazy because he was slated to be actually a, a top DB coming out the draft. But he decided to stay at Ohio State for one more year, and he got torched in the playoffs. Oh, and dropped. He would he would have been a top fifty pick 
easily. Yeah, one year changes. Mm-hmm. He should have came out the year he planned on coming out, but he decided to stay one more year. And to him staying that one more year cost him big time. And and then he his first game in New England, he got absolutely torched by yeah. uh, by backup wide receivers, and I'm 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 surprised he actually made their fifty three. Well, Gilmore is on IR for six weeks, so I, I'm surprised they held on to Gilmore anyway. Which I personally think they just put him on IR to stuff him away uh, for trade value because they don't want to. I just don't. I don't think really he's as hurt as maybe they're saying. I think he's on IR because he really doesn't want to play in New England. I think the luster has gone now that Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm now seeing. You know, I know uh, Adams a little bit younger than the rest of us, but uh, Tom Brady is clearly the reason why New England was so good all those years. We saw it in Tampa Bay. He had, he he arguably had a great supporting cast, but. The guy's just damn good. And cheating, yeah. cheating oh, accusations aside, he's he's obviously the greatest. He's the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. Yes, sir. Yep. And I can't stand to say that. It kind of makes me want to throw up. But you got to give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. So, uh, before we get to the overall game predictions for the Ravens and the Raiders on Monday night. Um, Kind of break down how you see the AFC West playing out this year for you guys. Uh, honestly, the, the the same way it played out last year. I just think we have a better record. I think right now KC is still that dog in the uh, AFC West. Uh, I, I think we, to me, we peaked sooner than I expected us to when it came to beating KC. So I do think this year we'll again split the series 1-1. But I still think Kansas City is that top dog, and I think we we will be that number two seed, and we'll be playing for uh, we'll be getting one of them uh, wild card spots this year. Chargers are looking really strong too, though. Yeah, but it, it, I, I don't. We're I'm not worried. Not that I'm not worried about the Chargers, but I I still think we're the better team. Yeah, I agree with that. But I I think the gap between us and K and Kansas City isn't as big as what people think. Honestly, like for real, I understand that Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is insane. I, I never would have thought in a million years him coming out of Texas Tech that he would have been so good. I thought he was going to throw tons of interceptions and not be great whenever he came out of college. Shit, he proved me wrong. <laughs> he, he proved a lot of people wrong, man. I hate playing Patty Mahomes, man, because he's really good. But well, I also think that we got a better defense than Kansas City. I, I genuinely, on paper, I think we have defense in Kansas City. But here's so, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Mahomes. He's he seems to be like everybody's kryptonite right now. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Granted, Kansas City had a terrible offensive line in the Super Bowl. They missed three starters, and I know they rebuilt the entire offensive line. We traded them Orlando Brown. They signed Joe Thune, uh, their right guard who has that really long last name. He came back from a year in Canada doing COVID uh, uh, assistance, but. Uh, the Buccaneers gave the blueprint on how to beat Mahomes, and you got to have a really good four-man rush and pretty much bracket cover every every section of the field with the other seven guys you got on the on the defense. They were rushing three and four, and they were just absolutely they 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 baffled Mahomes, and he was they, thrown they, into watching that Super Bowl. They didn't have to blitz much because they front four with Adamic and Sue and and, and, and JPP. And I forgot the other two guys. Shaq, Shaq Barrett and yeah. Vitavia. Yeah, they were getting those. Those four were literally 
getting the job done. So that line, the, the rest of the remaining five seconds were, were able to, to take away Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And when you take the one and the two away, what's left? Because the number three isn't doing anything. Yep. And that's what happened. I never had so much joy seeing Tom Brady win a Super Bowl until last year. I hate, and I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. I hate Chiefs. That's Super Bowl blueprint on how to beat Kansas City. The blueprint has been laid out. You take away his top two players and and get your front four there, you can beat Kansas City. Do you do you guys have uh, kind of transitioning back to the LA Chargers? Do you guys have any reservations with the fact that Herbert's in year two? And they've kind of given him a little bit more to play with in terms of weapons. Austin Eckler is going to be back from his season-ending injury, and of course he's got Keenan Allen still. And they did lose Hunter Henry to the Patriots, but it seems like LA LA is not going to go down without a fight. No, no. I mean, to me, how I, I think we continue to the Chargers. <laughs> I think our defense is better this year than it was last year. Last year. We gave up 30 points per game. We were ranked 30th. Our secondary <laughs> was ranked the worst secondary in, in history. So I, I think we have improved drastically on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. I'm not saying we're going to go from being a 30th ranked defense to the to the to the second ranked defense, but I expect us to go from being a 30th ranked defense to at least I say between 16 and 21 this season. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah. I do think we I, have the potential. In future years, to bolster that bolster yeah. that defense, defense the middle of the pack defense this upcoming season, which to me is between sixteen and twenty one. We get between sixteen and twenty one. I would even stretch it to 22, 23, We can make the playoffs because Tennessee made the playoffs last year and they were ranked twenty six. They also got by on the fact that their offensive uh, game plan centers Good. around you know Derek, Derek Henry running people <laughs> yeah. over for a living. But so I expect us to still be to to do what we have to do against the San Diego Chargers. And I think if Derek Carr would have played in that second game, we would have swept the Chargers. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think anyone that watches, you know, keeps an eye on the Raiders or just knows how Derek Carr is and doesn't hate on him. Uh, if we would have had Carr, we would have definitely easily won that game, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, fellas. So now that uh, we've wrapped up the AFC West, uh, what is your opinion being a Raiders, uh, hardcore Raiders fan base? What do you think the uh, outlook is for the AFC North this year in terms of the Ravens, Browns, Steelers, and Bengals? I, I think that if y'all can healthy, you guys can easily win the division. Uh, I think now the biggest threat to y'all is and it's weird to say because they've been bad for as long as we have uh it's the yeah. cleveland browns I, I think that the browns are low-key super bowl contenders man i, I really do uh, they're kind of scary they're they're pretty good man y'all just need to get healthy and i think that the ravens will do fine I, i'm not that far as super bowl contenders but i will say the afc north is going to come down to baltimore and cleveland one of those yeah. two is going to win that division because that's that's how I look at it. One of Cleveland Browns or Baltimore Ravens, one of the two teams is winning that division. The team that don't win the division is going to get the other wild card spot. Yeah. 
Uh, I also think, but the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow's coming back. So, you know, we'll see how they still think that they're going to be the poverty of y'all's division. Uh, But I don't know. I think that the Steelers are in position to be the worst team in the division here in a couple years. So I bet you all you guys are happy about that. So that makes me happier. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I, I think. Ben Roethlisberger isn't what he used to be. He's literally his age is showing when he plays all yep. the time. His and just age, like you guys, he has a whole new offensive line. I'm sorry. Just like you guys in Vegas, he has a whole new starting offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, I didn't know that they replaced the old line in Pittsburgh. I didn't even know that. They they got rid of everybody but their starting right tackle. Oh, Oof. damn. Oof. <laughs> Oh, no clue. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right, fellas. So to kind of wrap up the show here, uh, let's get some predictions going. Uh, everybody can give their own predictions for the opening and game of Monday Night Football. You know, bias, unbiased. You know, we all love our teams. And if you want to look at it from a realistic perspective, that's fine. But just give a, a, a final score. And if you want to give like a, a wild prediction that you might think happened with a player or, a, you know, a, a certain stat line. Go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, you guys t- you have the floor. You can go first, Zergo. Uh, 28-21. Of course, my Raiders is going to win the game. I think if we can hold Baltimore, if we can, um, to 21 points, I think we can get that victory out of there. Anything above that, though, I think Baltimore can. So my goal, my prediction is the Raiders' defense is going to hold Baltimore Ravens to 21 points or less, and we're going to win the game. I'm going to go ahead and say 28-17 Raiders, obviously. Uh, I think think that we're going to come out and make a statement. Uh, I think that we're going to come out and punch Baltimore, you know, in the mouth and really put our name on the scene and make other teams put respect in our name. I, I genuinely think that we're hungry. I think that we're energetic. I think everyone believes in each other. And I honestly, and I, I can't stress this enough, this year's going to be special for the Raider Nation. I, I just know it. Drew? I'm going 31-13. Dang, we, are we going to go score 13? Our defense <laughs> is in the top in the league, and I don't think you guys have an answer for Lamar and our offense, even without J.K. Dobbins. I okay. Uh, I'm gonna. Our I'm gonna, defense uh, is gonna force at least four turnovers. Oh. Talk talk about a bold prediction, guys. Talk about. I said bold hey, prediction. Bold prediction. Yes, you did. Um, I'm gonna kind of go in a different direction. Of course, I got the Ravens winning the game. Uh, I think it's gonna be a 34 to 24 ball game. I think you guys are going to. Hold your own offensively against our defense. Uh, we are, you know, I'm not going to make excuses saying we're banged up. You guys have, uh, you're, the biggest thing that you guys have that we can't cover is number 83. So I think Waller is going to torture our defense, but I really think it's going to come down to a key turnover and Justin Tucker kind of booting, you know, a field goal to kind of seal the game at the end. That's just me. But I think 34 24 sounds good. Uh, I got I got Gus running for about a buck twenty five on you guys. That's not really a bold prediction because he can do that on pretty much anybody yeah. on any yeah. given day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got I got uh, I got a uh, 
I got us at 34-24. So I think that, you know, obviously we were going to go for our own teams, but I don't think – I think my brother had more of a ass-whooping in mind as opposed yeah, to yeah. a, a football don't care. game. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I think, I don't think Derek Carr is, I think he's just an average quarterback. He's a, he's a game manager and he just, I don't, I don't believe. I, he's better than his brother. I'll give him that. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a bold prediction, man. I think our, our two running back system now with Jacobs and Drake, I think that both running backs will be over a hundred yards. On the, on the Ravens defense. Rogers, there's no, you don't have one, you don't have one. You let me, have let me recant. I think Jacobs will be over 100 yards, and I think Kenny and Drake will have over 100 yards through the air. Okay, that's that's fair enough. So, uh, say bold, sir. <laughs> okay, so that concludes the joint podcast with Berserko and Adam, fellas. I really appreciate y'all uh, letting us come on and, and do a combo show. I'm really looking forward to the finished product and. I really can't wait for the season to kick off next Thursday. I I I I'm just so ready for football to start. Yeah, Meaning, he... meaningful football. Right. <laughs> it seems like it's been so long ago since it's been on. But uh, th- thanks for joining the show today, guys, and have a great day. Yeah, thank you guys right. for having us. Um, after week one, good luck on the rest of your season starting week two. And same same to y'all. <laughs> I'll let y'all know that I'm rooting for the Ravens in the AFC North this year. I will say this. I've run with y'all on Madden, so I, I do have a soft spot for the Raiders. I've run with y'all on Madden most of the time when I'm playing online. Oh, yeah. So, yeah we're finish, every time we just, <laughs> I get on Madden also, yeah. But, yeah, um, after after week one, I wish you guys the best. Man, Lamar's been my guy since, since college, so I've always been a fan of Lamar Jackson. I was mad that he dropped as far as he did in the draft. So after week one, you guys, I wish you nothing but the best. All right, fellas. Take it easy. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Later, man.